Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. Hey, this is Kurt Jowers. I have had a wonderful time subbing in for J-Mac these last two days and thrilled uh, to have as my final guest, Chris Stewart. Chris uh, is someone who impressed me right off the bat. When he was running for office, uh, he's, of course, in the U.S. House of Representatives, representing uh, Utah's 2nd Congressional District. It's a huge field, not as big as the presidential, Democratic presidential field, but a huge field. Um, And... He did something that nobody else did, which is he turned down Grover Norquist's demand that he sign a pledge. All the other candidates had signed without really thinking it was the safe thing to do, but Chris said no. When I saw that, I said, now I'm interested. Um, He essentially was saying he would not be beholden to some D.C. power. He would answer to his conscience and his constituents. And it also told me that he would not always take the safe path in his service thus far has matched his start He's a Renaissance man. He's been a New York Times bestselling author, a national award-winning author of 17 books, world record-setting Air Force pilot of 14 years, former owner and CEO of a small business. Chris, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, it's an honor. I've been called many things. Never been called a Renaissance man. So. That can't be true. <laughs> it's an honor to be with you, Chris. Thank you. Well, thank you. I know you just took a vote, and uh, I, I wanted to ask you uh, right off the bat, though, um, as I read the newspaper, blogs, everything else, occasionally I see people criticizing you for being Trump's apologist on some issue or another. But then other times I see mostly Trump supporters um, noting that you're taking a different position from the president. Uh, President Trump is a unique force of nature, to say the least. What is your philosophy in dealing with uh, your Republican president, President Trump? Yeah, you know, it's not the first time I've been asked that. You know, I, I, going back to something you said earlier about you know, not taking the pledge, I just figured out early on in this, in this whole episode of, of career and politics is that it doesn't matter what you do. Some people are going to agree with you. Some people are not. Some people are going to be angry. Some people are not. You might as well do what you think is right. 
and, and kind of let the chips fall where they may. And I think that's the approach I've taken with our president. I've actually developed a really good relationship with him. He and I talk frequently. I think that uh, he appreciates some of the work I've done on intelligence and national security. Uh, at the end of the day, when it comes to policies, I support him in nearly everything. We've had some differences. For example, I think his proposal to withdraw out of Syria is a mistake. Uh, you know, the family separations on the border, I think I was the first Republican to say, Mr. President, we, we, we can't do this. There's got to be a better way. But by and large, the policies that he's implemented have helped hundreds of millions of Americans. So, um, I mean, the, I guess the simple answer to the question is, uh, on the things that I agree with him, which, is, which are many, I, I support and I want to help him be successful. Where I think that he might be wrong or there might be another way to look at it, I try to vocalize that and persuade him and others in the administration to perhaps look at it a second time. But, uh, you know, Kurt, you know this, politics is messy. And there's, if anyone agrees with you 100% of the time, it's because they're lying to you. So we, we have to work through those times that we don't uh, agree on, on everything. Well, you have, I think, the greatest assignments of, of any member of Congress. You're serving as a member of the Permanent Select Committee on, in, on Intelligence, Budget Committee, and the Appropriations Committee, the, the most interesting and influential committees. And when I think about intelligence in particular, um, that you know, I, I think back to John Stewart when he was on The Daily Show. And, of course, President Obama had made a lot of of promises of things he would do regarding national security as he ran for president. And then he didn't do a lot of them. He kept doing a lot of the same things President Bush had done that he, you know, campaigned against. And I think it was Rolling Stone article asked Stewart about that. Like, are you going to give him a free pass on this? We're still in Guantanamo. We're still this and this and this. And, you know, Obama's, uh, uh, drone st- strikes were were going going up way beyond what Bush did, and Stewart said, "I finally just kind of figured out that he probably walked into that briefing room with the intelligence committee, and it just you know he used some expletives, but essentially just blew him away, and all of a sudden everything he thought he believed." was now a totally different game because he had never seen it like they did. You are getting those briefings and. Uh, so I have two questions. Um, one, you're voting on the National Defense Authorization Act. What does that act do and how will the vote go? And my question, which I'll ask again after you tell me about that, is, is I want to know what are the threats that kind of keep you up at night to the extent you can let, tell us about that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The second question is so important. I wish we had an hour to go through that. But uh, let me forego that for now and answer your first question. That is the NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act. Here's the disturbing thing. For the first time in our lifetime, you and I, and we're about the same age, I I don't know, but I mean, for the first time in a generation or longer, we are going to have a vote on national defense that is not bipartisan. Every other year, we've been able to work out an agreement where there was, you know, the vote on the committee might be 60 to 2 or 61 to 1. And I'm afraid that this year you're not going to have any Republican support for this. And it's not because the Republicans are being intransigent or we're trying to put a put a lock on this mechanism. It's because the, the bill just isn't bipartisan. I mean, my, for heaven's sakes, if there's anyone who supports national defense, it's me. I want to support this bill. 
But uh, some of the stuff that's been included or pulled out of this is just intolerable for those of us who care about national defense. And it, and it really frustrates me, and it saddens me greatly to think that we can't have national defense policy that is bipartisan. I think we'll finally get to it. Look, the Senate did. The Senate voted on their defense authorization uh, within the last few weeks, and, and I think it was, it was 88 to 7, I think. So, or something like that. But the bottom line is the Senate had a bipartisan bill, and I think we're going to default to something close to the Senate bill, which I would happily support. Uh, but it, it, leading into your second question, it is a, it is a dangerous world. And, and you just have to have been living on Mars not to believe that. And I'm not talking about just te- the threat of terrorism, the thing we've been focused on, on the global war of terror for the last 15 or 17 years. Uh, I mean, we have to be willing to understand what China's intentions are in the next in the next generation. Vladimir Putin yeah. and the thuggery that he does around the world. I mean, I could keep going. Chris, thank you so uh, much. I know. I wish we had another 10 minutes. I have got to go to break because I uh, I am just the placeholder for the great Jeff Kaplan who follows me. Uh, thank you, KSL, for letting thank me have this so time. I'm Kirk Jowers. We enjoy. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com.